0: I just uh, want to share a few things, and then I want to pray for y'all. Okay, Victoria has something that she wants to share as well, as far as through the dance. All right, you guys, good. I went back and and looked at my my uh, my preaching. Uh, it's always important to do that for me, anyway, because I like to be get humbled before God humbled me. So I go back and I say, "Oh, that was Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit. That was me." I try to erase that stuff, but it's hard. Um, all right, here we go. Right. So, because I'm going to go so quickly, I'm just going to ask you guys to write stuff down, okay? Just so that so that you guys can go back and look at it. Um, Father, I thank you for your love, your faithfulness. I thank you for what you're doing in this hour. I thank you for your grace and your mercy over us as a people. Uh, Lord, there's so much you want to teach us. There's so much we don't get because we're limited. But by your Holy Spirit, you illuminate things in our life that make us understand that we're loved and we're wanted. And and we're a work in progress. So, Holy Spirit, we ask, uh, illuminate our minds, our hearts, uh, to just be aware uh, of what your word is telling us in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. So this morning I, I referenced uh, Exodus. Did I, when I was here, did I preach about this about make us gods? No, I have not. Okay, I want to just read it to you, reference it because I want to. I just want to go through some, through some things really quickly about just our 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 what God is trying to forge in terms of our relationship with the Lord. In Exodus 32, verses 1 through 6, it says, and you can just write this down, because I'm going to run through this. It says, when the people realized that Moses was taking forever, I have the message here, in coming down off the mountain, they rallied around Aaron, and they said, do something! Make God for us who will lead us. That Moses, that Moses, the man who got us out of Egypt, who knows what happened to him? That Moses. Crazy, huh? How, how people will elevate you when you help them. And then the minute they, the minute they're out on their own, they're like, hey, uh, what's that guy's name? Mo- that, that Moses fella. Yeah, uh, we don't even know what happened. They don't even care what happened to him. He's just taking too long. And it says, make gods for us. That Moses, uh, that Moses, the man who got us out of Egypt, who knows what, who knows what happened to him. So Aaron told them, take off the gold rings from the ears of your wives, sons, and daughters and bring them to me. Here, here is the thing that is just amazing to me. Here is the closest person to Moses starting the activity on building an idol. Isn't that amazing? I mean, if we really start to think about that, that's, this is a guy that should know the heart of the leader. And he's the first one to say, oh, uh, you guys need an idol? Okay, t- this is what you do. Boy, you should not even be letting that come out of your mouth. But he, he says, I got an idea, and we talked about this. I, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm careful, but sometimes I believe this is a shadow of what's happening in the church today. That, that what happens is the church is panicked, Hey, what what about those words? What about this, that, and the other? And he says, give us guides. Give us gods that we can follow. And the church is telling people, you do one step, two step, three step to prosperity, to this, to that. I'm not saying God doesn't prosper. Time out. Don't read into what I say. Come ask me. Okay? What I'm telling you is, the church has developed formulas that have become idols that have taken away from the personal responsibility of our relationship with the Lord. And so because of that, we're listening to popular opinion that has become a golden calf. And that golden calf has brought us to a place where we're worshiping policy. We're worshiping politics. We're worshiping our finances. We're worshiping... uh, There was a comment that was made... From a person that says, do you feel that this is harmful? The guy says, I do, but it's helping the economy. In other words, the value system is getting warped because law, it says, well, it doesn't matter that it's hurting people as long as it's helping the economy. Okay, That's the world. Don't, don't frown at the world. The world does what the world does. It, it's the church that has taken on that same ideology. Well, they deserve what they get. When they brought the woman in adultery, that's not what Jesus said. That is not what the Lord said. The Lord said, well, she gets what she gets. Go ahead and stone her. And I talked to you guys about that. But here in this, it says, and then he tells them, and look at this, is the thing that just drives you crazy. Just pick out the gold earrings from your sons and your daughters. They get their wives and their daughters involved. They get the family involved. And so, they did all that. And they removed it from their... From, and they brought it to Aaron. And he took it and he he crafted this... Shaped this engraved image. And the people responded with enthusiasm. Woo! And then it says, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up from Egypt. Wow. is what saved you? Your 401K. This is what, this is what saved you. Word of faith. This is what saved you. Methodist. This is what, saved, Baptist. This, do you understand? Denominationally, we, 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 this is what saved me. Jesus saved you. Jesus came to you, to your hard knucklehead. And he, he opened you up for a second to recognize that you need him. I am nothing without Him. And the issue here is that all of a sudden they respond, These, this is what got us out. This is what saved me. This is what gave me peace. This is what gave me hope. And when He built it, He said, Tomorrow, tomorrow is a feast day to God. Early the next morning, the people got up (laughs) and offered whole burnt offerings. Whole. They didn't hold back. I see more passion right now for causes than for worship. I see more passion right now. I see more uh, rage and passion to to get mad at people and not to come before the throne of God. It says, come boldly to the throne of God. I I read a book where in the the Yiddish, it's with Kutzpah. And I love that because when he defines the word... He defines the word saying, it's with so much crazy courage. And God invites us to do that. But we have more, we have more passion for, 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 for comfortability and for, for, so that I can be okay than worship. And they get up early the next morning and they offered whole burnt offerings. In other words, they didn't hold anything back. They gave it all. And brought peace offerings. And the people sat down and, uh, to eat, drink, and they began to party. And it turned into a wild party. This is the message. I like that. Because it didn't just turn into a party. It turned into a wild party. That's where there's no restraints. Careful, folks. Don't ever say you won't go there. Especially if something other than Jesus Christ is your focal point. Be careful of saying, yeah, I would never do that. I would never say that. I would never be that. Be careful, okay? So, now, write this down. Psalms 32, 8 through 9. Psalms 32, 8 through 9. I love this. The people are clamoring, we need a guide. The people are clamoring, we need somebody. Because Jesus is taking too long on this promise. Because, because Moses is taking too long. Moses, Moses, hurry up. Talking to God, you should just get the answer and come back down. Hurry up, Moses. Don't you know we got lives to live? Don't you know we have things to do? I don't have time for all this church stuff. I don't have time for 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 getting my kids and my family. I, I like I, I just make it quick, hurry up. And because you took lines, make us gods, make us something to guide us. And look what Psalm thirty-two says. Now this is the Passion translation, and it says, "I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you." instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you have not been before, that's my emphasis, okay? That's my emphasis. But I'm sure he had a lot more passion. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. This is the Lord. This is the Lord speaking to His people. Quit making it difficult. Quit, quit, quit being stubborn. Quit, quit being that person that, that because you think you're discerning and feeling you're not going to be deceived that you don't flow in what the Holy Spirit is doing. Be careful. Be careful because, you know, you have not been given a spirit of fear. (laughs) Did I ever tell that joke about when the devil visited a small country church? (laughs) No, but you must. So... One day, there's a small country church sitting outside in, in, the, in the woods. And, and the devil showed up. And the people started going crazy. Going crazy. Just jumping out of windows, running, screaming, going crazy. And the devil starts walking in. And one man's sitting there. And the man's sitting there. And he don't move. And then the devil goes over and scares someone. And people say, and panic, panic throughout the church. And the devil notices this guy sitting there. And the devil's like, okay. And he goes over here and scares the people. Ah! Jumping out the window. People running. Ah! It's the devil! It's the devil! It's the devil! By the devil, this guy catches the devil's, you know, attention. And he walks over and he says, hey, you know who I am? The guy, by this time he had to put his hat down, he just said, yes, sir. And he says, aren't you afraid of me? He said, no, sir. He said, why aren't you afraid of me? Because I've been married to your sister for the last twenty-five years.
1: <laughs>
0: we are so afraid of the enemy. The joke is, is to say, when you're familiar, when you understand that the enemy does evil stuff, you're not all freaked out when he shows up. You know, ah, it's the devil. Greater is he that lives in me. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. We heard a testimony this morning. We have a young man who's our worship leader. His name is Enrique. And he was invited to go to Mexico. And he uh, he, he is from Mexico. And he went there to speak, him and his wife. And they're, they're leaders in our church. They're young still. But they're, they're very good leaders. And so what happened was, um, about, about a year ago, I think, he, he really felt from the Holy Spirit as the worship leader that he needed to join the dance team. And he, and he was, he was kind of like, he wasn't sure what was involved, but he just felt like from the Holy Spirit, like, you're supposed to join that. You're supposed to submit yourself to the worship team, to, the, to the dance ministry. So he did it. He, he went over and he said, hey, I want to start working with you guys. I need to learn from you guys. And so he started working with Miss Victoria and Revolution. And he started working with our men's flags team. We have a full men's flags team. And so Josh, my oldest son, started working with him, started teaching him the flags and everything, and he just really has blossomed. He just Everything has changed for him, just his perspective on worship, how he leads, how he does, everything. It's just really interesting what's happened. So he went to Mexico just uh, last weekend, and when he was there, uh, part of his reason for coming here is that in his family, uh, one time when he was smaller and one time when he was older, they tried to kidnap him. Because his parents were people who had some influence in the city where they were at. So they tried to kidnap him for ransom. So finally they came to America. Now they're citizens, but they came to the United States. So he has an inherent fear about that. And he's always bringing it before the Lord. So he said that he was... uh, He was super excited. I I called him before they left. I prayed for him. He was super confident. He was like, here we go, Jesus. I'm going to do do the stuff. He was super excited. He was going to be leading worship and speaking. And he goes, and right when he goes, he says, man, he comes in the hotel lobby in Mexico, and there's these two guys that just are so suspicious. And they're just staring at him, kind of from the side, looking at him, like sizing him up. And he says, right away, his natural instinct is like, okay, this is trouble. And so what happened was he's like, ah, oh, and he starts getting nervous. Now his wife doesn't notice anything. She's just like, hey, I don't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's and he's just on guard. And he said he knew that the enemy was like, just like, trying to get at him. So he said that he starts going, and when he starts going to the elevator, he says they start following him. And then he's like, oh, brother. And so then they go up to the elevator, and they go to the, they press the same button as him. He's like, oh, sheesh. So he starts getting more panic, more panic. And he says he goes in. And when he goes in all of a sudden he says that he's in he he, he waits, he pauses, they get out, he gets out, and his wife just doesn't his wife doesn't see anything. And so what happens? He goes out and he says, If they go left, I'm gonna go right. You know, he's like "I'll just all, you know, checking it out. And so when he does it, he, he says finally they go into a room and they, they had their room and so he's like, Man so he was he was shook. He was shook. And so he said, he went in the hotel room, he's sitting there, he shook, and he says, I can't do this, we need to leave. And he started panicked. And he said, all his feelings from when he was a kid started coming up. All these things, all these fears started coming up. So all of a sudden he said that he, 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 he says, what I do always as a worship leader is I go and I start listening to worship music. So he said that he put on his favorite song, and then he said that because he he's in part of dance, he said he started learning to dance, and so he said he started dancing. And he just started dancing. He goes, man, and he tells his wife, man, I wish I had some flags, you know, just to battle. And she goes, go grab some towels. And he goes, all right. And he went and grabbed towels. And he, all the moves that Josh and these guys are telling he just, and he just started dancing, He started dancing, you know, and he said, the fear just lifted off of him. And he was just like, hey. And he said, I hope those guys are out there because <laughs> we, we walk different when the anointing's on, when we worship, when we pray. Don't make it difficult, folks. He said He's going to guide you. He said He's going to lead you. Don't, don't make Him tug and pull on you. You know, when Enrique did that, he didn't know it was going to serve for that moment and for other things. Sometimes there's things that you say, well, I'm too old for this, or I'm too young for this, or I'm not ready for this, or I'm not ready for that. Don't make it difficult. Trust him. All right? Here we go. Philippians. Now, on Philippians, I just want to look at a few things, and then I want to... Philippians 2, I'm sorry. Just start talking. Starting with verse 1, it says this, Look at how much encouragement you have found in your relationship with the Anointed One, Jesus. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unabounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and views others view others as more important as yourself. Right there, we put on the brakes. This is Paul talking to the church. What is he saying? What is he saying? Is he saying be a doormat? No. He's saying put on the brakes on your agenda. Recognize that when you, when you have a conversation with somebody, you build bridges. You know, I, I, go, I go to the gym every morning, and, and uh, on, on the weekends when I go is when all the older gentlemen come. And uh, so it's very interesting when they go. And and there's this one guy who uh, started sharing his testimony in the sauna. And he had a captive audience, so everybody's like, okay. So he started sharing his testimony. And he started sharing, I used to drink, and I don't drink anymore. I used to cheat on my wife, I don't cheat on my wife anymore. And praise God, and he's sharing, and da 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 and all this stuff. And he goes, what do you gentlemen think? And one guy raised his hand, and he said, well, I thank God I'm an atheist. And the guy looked at him. and said, what would you say? And he goes, I thank God I'm an atheist. And the guy goes, you're an atheist? And I started laughing. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. And this guy got so offended. You're an atheist? You don't believe in God? And he goes, no. And then we have nothing to talk about. And the guy goes, hey, man, don't, don't get upset. He's like, I just, I, you know, tell me. No, we have nothing to talk about. The guy's trying to convince him, tell me about God. And he's so offended, he walks out of the sun. Is that unbelievable? I mean, the guy's asking, hey, man, I, come on, man. I, I, just tell me. Just tell me. What's your story? Nope, we have nothing to talk about. You offended me. Can't offend God. You think God is offended by men's little comments? No, we get offended. And I look at him and said, hey, dude, relax. He thought I was on his side, almost told me off. <laughs> Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of our own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let this mindset become our motivation. He existed in the form of God and yet he, had, he, he, he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became a human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable choosing to be... Uh, uh, revealed as a man and was obedient he was a perfect example even in his death a criminal death by ch- crucif- crucifixion because of that obedience god exalted him and multiplied his greatness and he has now been given the greatest name of all the authority of the name of jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory to and honor to God, His Father. There's so much there. I want to encourage you to read it. But I want us to understand something. We've lost our passion for the right things. We've lost our passion for Jesus. We haven't lost our... Some of us have passion for church. Some of us have passion to protect and fight the good fight. But we forgot that the good fight is about preaching the good news. That, that's the good fight. Our our job is not to destroy everybody's argument. You know, the, our, our job... You know, you remember the the, the the parable where it says that the that the man plants seeds and then all of a sudden weeds come up? And he said, oh man, an enemy's done this. Okay, an enemy's done it. Should we tear out the weeds? He says, no, because you're going to pull out the wheat too. Just wait, because God's going to do that. God's going to send harvesters that are going to do that. And and, and I think we've lost our passion because we're tired. We're tired. We're tired. I was talking to a gentleman this morning and he was telling me some of his issues. And I'm, we have a, a young man at our church. He's, he's a, a retired U.S. Ranger. He's struggling with PTSD. He is so depressed about what's happening in our country today. He is depressed. I mean, he, just, he doesn't know. He says, Ugh, "Do I, what do I do? And he says, he doesn't know what to do. He's so depressed. He, he served three tours. Uh, he, and he just, he can't sleep. He can't rest. He says, this is just, this is ripping me apart. They're, they're, they've been calling him to do, to do another tour. They've been calling him to do this. They've been calling him to do that. And he's just like, what's going on in the world, man? And he, he's distraught. And, I, and, and it's, to me, he's, he's a, a real picture of the church right now. We have PTSD, man. We're, we can't sleep. We can't rest because somehow we feel like we're not winning our war. And so what happens is we've lost our passion. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when you first got saved? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? You told everybody you were in love. Mm -hmm. You you told everybody about your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Did you not? Mm -hmm. You were telling everybody. Look at the person that said, man, God is good. You said it with such authentic conviction that people said, well, tell me more. Or they got turned off because it was like, oh, no, that's too personal for me. That's scary. And we've lost our passion. And I believe God wants to return this passion. He wants us to recover this. Here's how we do it. Okay? I'm going to read this here, and then I'm going to share something with you. Okay? John 15. John 15, verse 4. It says, You must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is disregarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, see, when when the Word of God lives powerfully in you, you, you transform, okay? You transform. That doesn't mean you have a sword. It means that there is something that is in you that's like a nuclear reactor that is transforming you. It's changing you. And yes, I know that the Word of the Lord is a sword. I, I know that. Don't send me a correction where, and send me scriptures that say where it's a sword. I understand that. But it really is a sword to, 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 to take things out of our life. To correct things out of our life. Folks, you know what I'm preaching? I just want you to be better. <laughs> just be better. You know, we, we, had a, we, had a, we had a lady in our church... You know why she left our church? Because we told her, we need you to turn your love higher. And she was like, what? We need you to turn your love a little higher. Because with certain people, you turn your love switch off. And she was working with us in leadership, and we said, we can't have that. You need to start letting the Holy Spirit teach you how to love people that you don't love. And she was so offended. Because of all the years she gave us. She had given us so many years of service. How dare you tell me I don't know how to love? That's not what I said. I didn't say you didn't know how to love. I just said, quit being selective when you tell, when you show people that you don't love them. Does that make sense? So look, look what it says. It says, when your lives bear abundant fruit, verse 8, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I leave, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commandments, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. I, I just want us to understand this. As Christians we cannot just burn with issues burning with issues creates divisiveness divisiveness it, we become divisive we burn with issues but we need to be re- deeply rooted in the beloved we need to be deeply rooted in a relationship with the lord so that when people come to us and we we could be offended we won't be because we understand that our relationship and our source is the lord not whether or not my image is intact. You know, we, we so care if our image is, is intact. When, when we really are losing intimacy with the Lord, and we're losing that passion. Come on, folks. Are you happy to be safe? Okay, tell your face. Okay? Seriously. Seriously, I heard that, I know you said that before. Tell your face. Quit walking around with a scowl on your face. Can you just understand that He wants you? No, 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 no. See, it, that's, that's too intimate. You just, He wants you. In your brokenness. In your hard-heartedness. He wants you. He, desi- he knows you're disappointed with Him, and yet He still wants you. He knows that you fear not having security, He still wants you. He wants you to be connected to Him so you will bear fruit, so that you will understand the, the, the breadth and the height and the depth of God's love. Look, listen to me. There is no question you're going to be healed. The question is, are you going to use that healing to heal other people? You know what's happened with the church today? We want God to heal us so we can hide our our wounds. Yeah, we want God to heal us so we can hide our wounds. Like you never did nothing. But your wounds show others that you're real. Jesus, touch me right here, Thomas. Why? To show them I'm real. This isn't fake. I was killed. But now I live. Your sin was killing you. Show people your wounds. But tell them, I'm still alive. How did you survive that, Jesus? The love of the beloved? I tell you, man, if people knew half your testimony, you wouldn't look so crazy. I mean, seriously. Seriously. There are people that I have talked to that, that you know... you. you I heard a story from Bill Johnson that just rocked, and see, it's so true. We're so quick to judge. Bill Johnson said that he was really desperate. He wanted to get into worship. I don't know if you guys have heard this story. But he was just like, in worship, he was like, I just need to get close to Jesus. So he came to worship in anticipation. And he said, there's this woman in front of him that just was going bananas. And she was singing off key, and she was singing every other word, and she was just like, she was so disruptive. And so he said, I'm not going to judge her. Said, okay, God bless her. But it was ruining his moment to connect with the Lord. Like he was like, oh, and she was just going off, just going crazy. And he's just like, whoo. And so he's sitting there going, oh, my God. So he said, so, so worship was over, and he sits over on the side, and he's sitting there, and he's just like, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. I'm just going to hold my mouth. I'm just going to hold my judgment. I'm just going to be quiet. And Heidi Baker walks up to him, and she goes, Isn't she amazing? And he goes, what? And he goes, isn't she amazing? And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah. She was a prostitute for 35 years and just got saved last year. She's been totally set free. And he said he felt like this small. Because he realized that worship wasn't about him. It was about him. That the presence is not about us. It's about him. But you know what's amazing when you worship him? He reveals, I want you. This This is a little too intimate. To be wanted. It's not just about being liked or loved. He wants you. That's why when we really start breaking down that scripture, He says, you have not been brought back into fear. A relationship of fear. But one where you cry out, Abba, Father. Why? Because He wants you. He wants you. He wants... Your brokenness and everything. He wants you. Your prejudice and everything. He wants you. I'm telling you, He wants all of you. He wants your hard-headedness. Because he's going to send you to hard-headed people just like you, and you're going to have the patience to hear them and love them and bless them and get a little revelation of your own story. This is important. I'm here this weekend because I want you to be better, not bitter. Not bitter because he didn't answer the prayer for this or answer the prayer for that. He didn't answer this prayer and he didn't answer that prayer. And I got a whole list of things, that broken promises. Oh, man. And it's not until we get real, like, you know, older that we really start appreciating our life. And we start going, man, thank God he didn't answer that. I'd be full of myself. I would be so full of myself. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, yeah. that the power and the excellence may be of Him and not of us. Yeah. This song that Victoria is going to minister, the heart of it is this: and I want you to hear it with all your heart, is you're wanted. You're wanted by God. You're not wanted like a wanted poster, okay?
1: Yeah. That's not that's not what I'm
0: <laughs> Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, you, somebody already. Don't know, don't start confessing. Just, just we'll leave it at that, okay? But here's what I want you to the depth of what God has done for you is proportional to how much he loves you. What did he do for you? Everything. He died on the cross, he bled. He he gave everything because he wanted you. Not because he just wanted to be able to save you. He wanted you in relationship and connection. He wants, you, he wants you to be amazing. He wants you to be amazing at the grocery store. When you greet the person and you say, hello, how's your day? And they're not so good. And you say, well, okay, man, God's got a plan for your life. And you are so full of him that people go, are you serious? What is it? And just he loves you. Oh, man, I know that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because think of all the people that could have come in this line at this moment, at this time, and I ask you how you're doing and not so good. Don't tell me that's a coincidence. God loves you. See, when you're in love and you're confident, you don't let people throw you. I mean, you're crazy, Mr. Casanova. Like, Am I? Am I? Or crazy right. Am I crazy right? By the way, be praying for me. Uh, I did such a good job in the middle school, they let me go. And, and, uh, and so now I'm going to high school. So I'm going to be in the high school where my kids feed into. So it's going to be a crazy surprise for them when they see me. Yeah, yeah they're going to be like, oh, we thought we lost you. No, no. Don't tell me. I'm not going to be telling them, Hey, God sent me to follow you. <laughs> They're going to feel that. I'm going to say, hey, man, God doesn't want to let you go. That's why I'm here. So it's going to be for real. We want to minister this song. Victoria and I want to pray for you, too. You're wanted. I want you to keep that. At the... I know it's hard. Because we always keep our sins before our eyes. More so than Jesus. Look at me. Look at me. This is important, okay? I know that you feel that it's godly. To keep all your sins in front of you, but that's not how God sees you. Not through Jesus. Come on, l- look at me, look at me, look at me. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. You're wanted. It doesn't matter who you left, who who you, whose heart you broke, who you let go of. It doesn't matter if you had an abortion, did drugs, hurt somebody. It, he wants you. It's going to cost you. I know it. It's going to cost you, but I need you to hear this. Because as, as Victoria ministers this dance, when you know that you're wanted, it changes you. And you let the Spirit of God come in to transform you. So we pray that you're blessed with this.
2: I was at a moment that it happened. You couldn't see me through the pain I caught every tear as they were falling When you lost your heart that day Yeah, you lost your heart that day Now you only see through broken lenses. Trying to keep your head above the shame. I am this death, but I hold you every day, yeah, I hold you every day. Oh just i sure.
0: you go ahead and stand up with me. It is always such a, a privilege for us to be here with you guys. But I need you guys to really take a moment and understand the depth of how wanted you are. Not just from a church perspective, from a relational perspective. Okay? It's so easy to fall into the thing, well, I'm needed at the church or I'm not needed at the church. You're needed by God. He wants you. He is, he is wanting to, to help you recover your passion for your relationship with Him. Because there's something that He wants to... It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the keys of the kingdom. He's not trying to give you something that's going to cause you to crash and burn. Because he wants you to help not just your community, but your state. Texas needs the church right now. Not just El Paso. It's a tragedy what's happening and the division that's going on. We need to pray. I thought the Lord say that there's gonna that you're gonna be a model for unity, in Andrews, that this is gonna be a model, and that people are gonna come and say how did you guys do this, and people are gonna to try to say that it's because you're a small community, mm-hmm. but it's not. And the Lord says He's gonna bring more people, more more. He's gonna bring people that's gonna be controversial a little bit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're gonna say. Oh you, know, you guys are receiving everybody now, and there's going to be people that are going to try to walk away and say i can 't be part of this anymore mm-hmm. and the lord says don't don't try to convince anybody, just keep praying, mm-hmm. just keep believing, just keep uh, trusting that he wants he wants he wants the body to come together yeah. so this is this 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 city is going to be known for unity,
1: yeah.
0: um, but it starts with us praying, right. and it starts with you guys really deciding in your heart that you want to be part of this. And I know some of you, it's going to be a hard hard test. I I just really felt a lot of different things that the Lord wants to do in this house. And I want to be careful because this is not just about blessing. This is about relationship. When Joseph comes out of the pit and into the palace, he has to go through some healing. He has to go through some real healing in his life before he can see his family. And when they do come and it's a testing period, he could bless them. Even though he was hurt by them. People might come back into your life that have hurt you. But you need to be so in the beloved. You need to be so entrenched in him that it doesn't faze you. You can still show God's love.